everybody. Matt Butchman here with Practice Freedom Academy. Hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode of my podcast, the Practice Freedom Academy podcast. Hey, today I want to talk about the rut. So I recently had a dentist come to me and he was, uh, I think he had been out out of school about five or six years and had started to own a practice about two years ago. And so this was his story, and um, it's very similar to a lot of stories that are out there. Let me tell you about this. So he was upset that at himself for getting right back to where he didn't want to be. So tell me if this doesn't sound familiar to you. Okay, you get out of school, you end up in a large corporate practice, all right? So you're just happy to be out getting any sort of a paycheck, right? You're happy to be in a in an environment where you're able to put to put to use those skills you've been learning about for so long. But what you don't realize is quite what you've gotten yourself into. So what you've gotten yourself into is see if this doesn't sound familiar. Okay, you've gotten yourself into an environment where the people who are coming in, the patients that are coming in, are very very concerned about what their insurance will pay for. Right. I don't want to do it if my insurance doesn't pay for it, okay? And, and and an extension of that is how much can I do per year, right? All of that is is part of what they're concerned about, right? And they're concerned, you're, well, you're concerned because you don't get to do very big cases. You're just doing a couple of fillings, maybe a crown or two, a root canal. Now, at the beginning, that's okay. You're just trying to learn how to do a composite in less than three hours. I get that. We've all been there. Um, but it doesn't take long before that gets really old and it gets old really quick, right? And as you start to get better, your bosses start to expect you to run around from chair to chair to chair because you are able to go faster and faster now. So you've got the insurance issue with the patient. You're not doing very big cases. You're running around crazy, right? You have no relationships with your patients, okay? If you went back and read your your uh, reason to get into dentistry on the the essay that you turned in when you applied to dental school, I'll bet your relationships were on there. Now, you were in college at the time and probably didn't know a lot about what you were really saying, but you were on to something when we were talking about doing uh, relationships and creating relationships with them. What about the team that you were with? Remember the team that you were with at that, at that initial uh, associateship that you had? They were in and out, right? Uh, there were one or two that had been there for a while, and the rest of them were there for probably measured in weeks, okay? So we've all been there. The guy I was talking to the other day was there. I've been there. I bet you've been there. But then you get to the point where, all right, this isn't working for me. Let's own something. So now you get into the ownership role, okay? That was a big step, okay? It's a great big step. But part of that step is by the time you've been out of school for a few years, now, all of a sudden, you're taking uh, more advanced CE. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be the most advanced CE out there, but you've now taken courses, and now you really want to get into more advanced things. These composites and crowns stuff is not not really turning your crank anymore, right? So you've learned how to do bigger cases through CE. You've bought the technology it takes to do those cases, and you're ready to go, Right? So now you take, now maybe this doesn't all happen in one day, 
but now you've got your your um, corporate office churn and burn mentality. Now you're in your own office. Great, you get to be your own boss. Okay, so now you're your own boss, and you've added these things. Good. The sales rep told me if I do so many crowns, my in-office milling machine will work. Now I've got this. Um, now I've got this uh, uh, scanner. That's fantastic. I've got a CBCT. I've got a laser. I've got all the gizmos, right? Or you don't have to have all of them. Just one of them. Whatever that one is, okay? So now you've got it, and you're ready to go. Now you start to present bigger cases because all this CE and all this technology is not out there and not designed for you to do smaller cases. It's designed for you to do bigger cases. So now you're doing more advanced implants or you're doing more advanced crown and bridge. You're taking on bigger cases. You're starting to mount things on articulators. Maybe you're doing more advanced perio cases with a fancy laser or who knows what it is, right? But the bottom line is the ticket price on the bottom of these uh, treatment plans that you're putting together for people is a lot higher than it was when you were in your associateship. Is that fair to say? I would imagine that's true. But what has not changed is how you have started to, um, I'm going to use the word, sell this dentistry to patients. Okay. So when you were in your associateship and you wanted to tell somebody, hey, you need two composites or you need a crown and three composites, whatever that was, that sales process was very short. They say, are you sure, doc? And you say, yes, because you have decay in your tooth. And they think, oh, I know decay. Decay's not good. One time I had decay and it went to the nerve and it hurt. I got to get the decay fixed. And then the next question is, does my insurance pay for it? And the answer is, well, they pay for almost all of it. That's great. And so there was no real sales process with that. Right? That doesn't mean you're doing things wrong. It just means that's the environments you were in. I did the same thing. The guy I was talking to the other day did the same thing. Okay. So now think of where you are. Now you're trying to sell bigger cases, all this fancy stuff that you know how to do. But you're using your old techniques. Okay. So a big, big part of Practice Freedom Academy is where we change that technique. Okay. You cannot use a two composite sales technique to for a full mouth rehab sales process. It's never going to work for a, a myriad of different reasons. But that's what's happened, okay? That's what's happened with a lot of people, including this guy the other day. So what happens? So you we are humans. Even dentists are humans, right? So as we continue to present this stuff then to patients they continue to say no, or they at least say no at a much higher rate than they say no to all the rest of the stuff. And because they, they say no, because they don't understand what's wrong. They don't understand why their insurance wouldn't pay for it. They don't understand the process itself because this is new to them. I know about I know about getting my teeth cleaned and I know about getting fillings done, but I don't know about this other thing you're talking about. I've never done that before. So it's hard. So they continue to say no, and they say no quite a bit. So as humans, we don't like that. We don't like to be rejected, right? We don't like to continue to have people tell us no. So that's when we slowly back off, okay? So yes, we do have the, the ability to do it, but we're backing off of presenting it because we just keep getting told no over and over and over again. So now you either have the CE rattling around in your head 
or you have the technology sitting in a room someplace, or more likely you have both, okay? And you continue to not present that to patients. Why am I, my patients just don't do that treatment in, in, in my town. But that's, that's just the way they work. I, it was a good idea. It just didn't work. The people in my town don't do that, right? Well, I'm here to tell you somebody in your town is doing that. Um, but that's when you look up five years down the road and that piece of technology has not been used. You're not even any good at the at whatever that technique was anymore because you haven't done it in years, right? You were never that good to begin with because you never really got to the point where you're proficient. And now you're certainly not great because you, because you just have simply haven't done it. It happens to the best of us. Whatever you do now, if you don't do it for a while, eventually you're not going to be very good at it. So then if you ever do get a wild hair and you decide, hey, I want to get this stuff back off the shelf, either that piece of technology or I want to get that, I want to start doing those cases more. Well, you've got to relearn it almost. Okay. The techniques have probably changed. The materials have probably changed. So anyway, my point is you get in this rut, you get in this rut of not presenting it. Okay. You get in the rut of, in your own mind, determining your saying to yourself, I'm not going to present this because I don't like being rejected. I've been rejected eight out of the last 10 times. I don't want to, I don't want to just have this conversation. It seems like a waste of time. So now you're in this rut of, at, on one level, having the technology and having the experience and having the education to do it, but you're not even getting it off the shelf. So now what are you presenting to patients? Well, now you're going right back to where you were before, and this is where his frustration was. Now you're going back to, well, they don't like to do these big cases, so I'm just going to do what insurance will pay for, right? Which is going to be small cases. Now you're back. This is how people get burnt out. Right, because now you're back to doing small cases again. We'll do a couple of fillings and a crown, and we'll get we'll keep this these people moving. Maybe a little scaling and root planing or something. Um, you're gonna start running around faster and faster again because now you're you, the only way to make payroll next week is you got to get more of this stuff done. So you're gonna have to run from room to room, and um, this is where your team they're not gonna like this. They can do this all day every day at the at the um, at the corporate office down the road. So. They're going to continue to be a pain in your butt, and um, you're going to continue to churn through them. And any semblance of a relationship that you started to build with the patients when you started to talk to them about bigger cases is all going to be wiped away. And you're going to be back to exactly where you started, exactly what you were frustrated with and why you wanted to own your practice to begin with. Does that make sense? You started an environment you didn't want to be in. You went and bought too much technology and too much CE. Probably did marketing on top of it to get more people in there. You didn't change the way you were talking to people and the relationships you made with people. You put all that stuff back on the shelf, never got it off the shelf again, and now you're right back to where you were before. Does that sound familiar? That happens to so many dentists in the, I'm going to say two, maybe that's a little early, maybe two to seven or eight year time frame after they bought their practice. Do you see how that would fall into place? Do you see how, can you start to see that in other people? Do you have mentors in your life where, where um, they probably didn't put it this way, but this is exactly what happened. Those who are frustrated with dentistry and who are burnt out on dentistry had a path similar to this. They may not have gotten even to the point where they started to do fancier stuff. They just got out of school and did composites or amalgams and composites 
um, and and until they could couldn't do them anymore, so the back on their neck wouldn't let them do it anymore, and then they up retiring. Does that sound familiar? It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad because you have the ability to to really change people's lives and really do something more and really have them look back 20 years from today when you both moved on from whatever town you're in and they said, I had that dentist and he was really good and he saved these teeth or he got me on the path of losing my teeth to the path of keeping my teeth, something like that. You do have that and it's not that hard, but it all comes down to the relationships you build with patients before you start to talk to them about doing the fancier treatment. Does that make sense? That's where the secret sauce is. And that takes a lifetime to perfect. I have done a lot of that work, but what I do today is not what I did six months ago. And what I do six months from today is going to be better than what I do today. It's never, ever perfected. You can work on it, but it, it, you, the day you retire, that whole process will never be perfect. And that's okay, but you just got to work on that. But you've got to work on yourself. You've got to work on your team and you've got to know the underlying numbers and know how much time you have to spend with people and how much that time is costing you. That's one of the other things we talk about in Practice Freedom Academy. And if you've heard any of the rest of my uh, work, you don't have to go too far into it when you get into um, where I will discuss um, the whole idea and the concept of of moving um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs over to the dental office and how dental practices are set up is a concept I got from Mike Schuster out of Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, 20 years ago. So it's something that is really, really important, but it really does this whole idea of time and money set the foundation for how you're going to go about developing these relationships and, and having an ethical sales process where you're able to get those those services off the shelf. If that is something that you're interested in and you think I might be able to help you someplace on this page or find me on Facebook or Instagram or something like that and you'll be able to find a spot where you can get on my calendar and we can sit and talk about this stuff. I like nothing more than to talk with a dentist who's had their I've had it moment. If you've had your I've had it moment and I can't keep doing this the way that I'm doing it because I can see the direction I'm going, reach out to me and I would love to sit and chat. I'm really, really looking forward to that. And we will, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks.